Welcome back to Dateline New Haven. Thank you again to Governor Daniel P. Malloy. What a pleasure to have him in the studio. You can catch him at Gateway Community College today at 1 p.m. when he's going to pitch his transportation lockbox and a $100 billion 30-year proposed upgrade of our highways and bike paths and bus routes and trains in Connecticut. But now we're going to talk about C-Click Fix Radio. Joining me today is our Ben Berkowitz and Caroline Smith, as always, of C-Click Fix Radio. Nadine Herring, a C-Click Fixer, lives in the, is it the um, Edgewood neighborhood or Dwight? Yes, Whaley Edgewood Beaver Hills. Whaley, yep, Web. That's it. Whaley Edgewood Beaver Hills. That's it. Spin your web. And in a minute or two, Dave Wilburn of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, so Caroline Smith, our latest news this week from C-Click Fix. We're going to go straight to something posted by Nadine Herring. Perfect, yep. And I'd actually love to pass it over to Nadine to read the issue out loud. So Nadine, this is something you posted on C-Click Fix. Why don't you tell us when you posted it and why? So I posted this last November, and this was an issue on Willie Avenue regarding facades. And the reason that I posted was because we're working on a Main Street committee with the city of New Haven to improve Whaley Avenue. So now, Main this, Street is actually a term of art. They're these yes. funding you get nationally to get your commercial neighborhood mm-hmm. areas looking all spiffy and nice, which your picture on C-Click Fix was the opposite of down by the Dominican Hair Place yes. and, the, and the store right in between, I guess that's between Webster and um, Norton. No, no, Webster and... Uh, Don't ask me. Okay, Winthrop. Yeah. So... This particular location is right next to the Burger King on Whaley Avenue and across the street from the Stop and Shop Plaza. Uh So this particular issue was the sign for this business plaza. This is what I posted. The sign for this business plaza is cracked and broken and looks horrible. We're trying to beautify and attract new business to Whaley Avenue, and this does not help. Again, if we had a neighborhood specialist for District 10, they could address this issue. So there's two things going on here. One is the issue of the facades being cracked and not being in line with um, what we're trying to do on Whaley Avenue in terms of beautification. Two is the issue of a neighborhood specialist, which we in District 10 have not had since our beloved neighborhood specialist, Nick Licata, left to go to the... Um, Let's tell her this is what a neighborhood specialist is. There's a Livable City Initiative, which is our anti-blade agency at City correct. Hall. They have people assigned to each neighborhood. Yes. So he left um, two and years a ago. Firefighter. They're very lucky to have him. Um, he left October of 2013 and we haven't had a neighborhood specialist since. Wow. So we've been promised, we've been told it's in the budget. We've been told it's up to the older people. Um, we've talked to livable cities, um, the livable cities director. We've talked to our older people. So basically we're kind of getting the runaround right now, but it goes to the heart of this issue because if we had our neighborhood specialist, they would be on something like this. Even if it wasn't necessarily addressed by now, we would know what is being so done. So what happened since you posted it? Nothing. Because, you know, there's a bigger, there's three or four blocks there at Whaley where there are a couple of uh, property owners, John Vuoso and Pat Minori, who have not fixed up their property for about 10 years. And like you have on either end of Whaley, when you get past that, things are looking kind of better, but there it kind of looks slummy. Right, so I can address that. Um, in terms of Pat Minori, he is the owner of Minori's Meats, and he's also the owner of 332 Whaley, which has been leased to the police substation. And that is where our new substation is going to be, along with a community room and space for doing community projects, anything we want to do. Um, That's being worked on right now. That should be done by the end of March. So we hope to be in there by the 1st of April. 
The broader question, Nadine, is you go on C Click Fix and mm -hmm. you, you post quite a bit. Yes. Do you find that the answer to this broken sign that's out front, have you talked to the landlord there? Can government fix it? Do you want them to get fined? Well, I don't know who the landlord is. The, for this particular location, it's a strip plaza which sits back a little bit off the street. So I don't necessarily know who the landlord is. Right, a woman was found dead in an apartment up there last year. Remember that? Yeah. And a whole other issue. Yeah. But in regards to this, for the facade part of it, we did reach out to the city. And again, through Main Street, our Main Street committee, we work with uh, city agencies. And we have um, a wonderful city contact, Steve Fontana, who's helping us with the committee. So we were able to bring in Clay Williams, who handles um, the city government. Correct. The facade program. And he worked with our committee to tweak it a little bit to make the, the program a little more palatable, easier to deal with, not so much red tape a little more money up front to help get these owners to do something to their facade. So hopefully, and that just recently happened, like within a few So weeks. you and your neighbors with the city government are putting together a plan to apply for money so people can get help fixing up their facades. They get a little government help and make them nicer. Right. So what we, what we did is our committee identified certain places on the avenue where there's problems with facades. What we're going to do along with Clay is go to those locations, have a face-to-face -face meeting with either the tenant or get a hold of the landlord, talk to them about the program, explain what we're trying to do with Main Street, and then get them to buy into why they should do it. Nick, Great. can I ask, I, when I was a kid, my favorite place to go with my dad was Chuck's Luncheonette. And I know, you know, <laughs> that I just looked on Cyclic Fix. There's a couple old issues where LCI at the time, I think it was um, Nick Licata mm -hmm. who helped out. Uh, got it at least boarded up, but I I went by the other day, and it, am I wrong that it looks like something is actually happening in Chuck's now? You are not wrong. Triple A Pizza, which is currently down the street, right uh -huh. next to Edge of the Woods, is moving there. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. So. Excellent. The question that's going to happen at the old Triple A site right around from Edge of the Woods. See, you're bringing up all these multiple <laughs> issues, Paul. That's another question that we have too. But that, yeah, they're supposed to be going there. Hopefully, they're going to be open within the next month or so. Okay. Great. Well, Paul, what? my dad passed a couple of years ago, so you're you're the oldest guy I know. You're gonna have to bring me. I used there to love for going pizza. to Chuck's. They used to have the heart attack special with the salad <laughs> cream and the bacon and the eggs. I didn't have the bacon, but it was good. What uh, would you get, Ben? Uh, how it, from from Chuck's? Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing. I still get at breakfast places. I'd get scrambled eggs, two slices of bacon, white toast, like Wonder Bread white toast, um, and home fries. The slogan was where the elite meet to eat, and it really was a crossroads. The way kind of Edgy Woods is, you really got. All racial groups, economic mm -hmm. groups going there. The mayor, John Daniels, when he was mayor and he wanted to get away from everybody, he would go there for lunch and read the New York Daily News with his Chuck special. It's it was a, nice. It was a nice Alpert little family. meeting yeah. place in the neighborhood. And we want to bring mm. something like that back. I mean, AAA has excellent food. So it's just a matter of getting them down there because it's, it's beautiful. If you look in the window... What they've done to I do look every day. They're doing a good job. It's and It's bright you, It's going nice. to be gorgeous. Awesome. They were working after dark last mm -hmm. night. Good job. Mm -hmm. So, Caroline, we have a guest from Ann Arbor, Michigan today. Mm -hmm. We have Dave Wilburn, who's a senior applications specialist at Ann Arbor. And he's going to talk a little bit about some of the issues that we're bringing up today. So, one is graffiti on public or private property. And this one was reported just a couple of days ago. In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Pretzel Bell building, and it looks like there's some graffiti. Um, uh, description since Christmas Eve, a da serve tag, and this is reported by an anonymous C-ClickFix user. And what's fascinating about this issue is that a citizen, Rebecca Arends, hops on and says, volunteers and the generous donation of Sergeant Thomas Hickey of the AAPD Community Engagement 
and his family took care of the graffiti. And there's a picture of uh, a dude in a hat painting over the graffiti. And not only that. really that, is a dude. Like yeah. the, the cap is backwards. <laughs> he got the sunglasses. A dude with a hat. And not only, not only is he repainting it with blue, but there's also a picture attached uh, with a, uh, a picture of a fish um, that was beautifully, I'm not sure what's the word, like encrypted on it or like mm. whatever, yeah, whatever, it, stenciled. It looks there we go. like a, almost a mosaic. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll looks... tweet this one out from my Twitter account at uh, Ben Berkowitz so the, the listeners who are listening live. So, the, so this was this. a place where someone posted about the graffiti and C-Click Fix. It was a mm-hmm. government that fixed this or just people reading this C-Click is, Fix? Okay, so this is super fascinating. So this is a citizen who started an organization called taggingsolutions.org and her whole mission is my interest in tagging solutions grew from frustration, curiosity, and the determination to stop tagging near my office. And so she's created like a slew of different sort of education resources on how to deal and intervene with with, uh, with tagging, as well as there's a whole page called Allies and Heroes that has a whole range of different citizens who are also part of New Haven, including Sergeant Ann Tom Arbor. Hickey. Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, including Sergeant Tom Hickey of the Ann Arbor uh, Police Department. Uh, who's both contributed his time and energy to uh, curbing. So did she get on C-Click Fix? Is this how this happened in Ann Arbor? Mm-hmm. Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> so so let, let's hear from Ann Arbor's own um, Dave Wilborn. Dave, welcome to the show. I am here. All right, Can you hear welcome to the show. We can. <laughs> Dave, so was this a surprise to hear what happened with the graffiti, or is this something you've been hearing about in Ann Arbor? Um, you know, this is the first time that I've actually heard that the community has... Um, you know, kind of stepped in to do uh, some of some of this work, but it's it's very welcome. Uh, you know, graffiti has always been a little bit of a problem, and especially on uh, uh, public prop or I'm sorry, private property where we have less access. And to see that the uh, you know when uh, the community may be taking action on their own properties to reduce graffiti, it, that's great. Well, what what is the Pretzel Bell building? Uh, it's it's just you know uh, a, a business in the local community. It's nothing special. But they had to um, give know, the it's, approval, it's, right, for these citizen group to come make the mosaic there. The yes, the so if it's on uh, public property, yeah, they need to go through you know appropriate channels to uh, handle that on their own. Uh, you know, they're you know we love to have community step up and help out. But we need to also make sure that you know we're kind of aware of what they're they're doing to to help out. It's and it's along you know, city guidelines. So when things are more on private property, they have much more leeway as to what they can do. Um, you know, as long as it stays within building codes, you know, it's, it's pretty pretty much uh, the sky's the limit, I guess. So now I got there are two people here in the studio who have personal experiences mm-hmm. that are very related to what you're doing, Dave. The first is Ben Berkowitz from C-Click Fix. He and a bunch of neighbors went to some highway underpasses that had graffiti and did these beautiful photographic murals of people in the neighborhood. And then other taggers came and said, that's not your space, that's ours, and tagged over it. Ben, what do you think you could, what yeah. advice can you give him out of that? Yeah, so we did, um, we did this large public art project, Faces of Neighbors on the building. They did get tagged by street artists. Uh, but you know, following up to those uh, those acts of vandalism was a much larger mural um, done by fellow uh, graffiti artists, you know, and, and who have tags themselves. 
and around that, the corner on Johnson Square. It's a, it's uh it's on the same right. We did it on two locations. It's actually on the the grounds of the old lo- the, one of the original Inside Out locations. But um, that project has not been vandalized. And actually, mm. I was skateboarding this weekend uh, at the Edgewood Skate Park where the high crew uh has those are the the artists who who did that mural those are great murals yeah and they did they did a bunch of the murals at edgewood and rio uh one of the the main organizing artists was kind of shocked that his work had not been vandalized in the 18 months since they did it when they made from the alabama shakes uh i don't know possibly but 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 you know that there it is. I mean, he's, you know, he, this artist is looking at his own work and actually surprised that it hasn't been tagged over. So I, I do think there's a story there that targeting um, graffiti with street art or graffiti with with more thoughtful graffiti might be a way to make our cities more interesting and uh, target vandalism well, as well. well. What about in Ann Arbor? What's that looking like, Dave? Yeah, I think we'd uh, see similar um, activity here. We have a number of um, kind of bridge underpass kind of places where, you know, have been typical places where you'd see graffiti popping up. And um, we, uh, the community has has banded together and put some, you know, more attractive uh, street art kind of stuff uh, there. And, you know, that really has lessened the, um, the amount of tagging on those particular areas. Um, it seems that when, uh, you put, uh, you know, something that looks nice as opposed to just a blank wall, uh, that tends to lessen the amount of, uh, tagging activity. And, you know, that's, you know, it, it adds, be- you know, it adds beauty to it and, and, and helps, uh, detract from, uh, you know, the negative. It really serves as a symbol of co-creation and parties from both sides coming to the table and and finding a middle ground that makes the neighborhood better. It's, so uh, tell me, about, uh, tell me about this, Dave. What were those properties or this project took place? Was it like Ben's project, New Haven? Was it a public space that did, we, did you have any involvement in it? I did not. These actually um, occurred before I got to the city. So um, they've been in place for quite a while, and um, you know you you uh, you drive by them, and you know they're, they're just nice looking uh, murals, uh, you know depicting various scenes, and um, they they don't get uh, tagged by uh, you know the the vandals, and um, so I, I'd like to be, say I contributed in some fashion, but I'm, I'm more just where, where are those murals? Where are those murals? Where are they? Yeah. Um, there, um, we have a couple br- um, bridge underpasses that um, are kind of on the north side of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, uh, if you look at the... Uh, nice place, you know, nice stone bridges that, you know, prior to the murals would have been great canvases for somebody to write all kinds of stuff on. Okay. So, Caroline, do we have other news from Ann Arbor, Michigan? Totally. I, I had one uh, one brief question for Nadine on the, the subject of graffiti because I I'd saw, I think I was on Dixwell Avenue, a series of, of images of faces along with jokes that were next to them. Did you, have you seen those? And they're on Whaley Avenue as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, What's the story behind those? So, in terms of the Whaley Avenue side of it, for the very first time, we had wanted to be a part of Citywide Open Studios. 
And that was our little foray into being part of um, the Citywide Open Studios project. So some local artists got together, put a table up on Whaley Avenue and just interviewed people just walking by. They'd come up to the table. They'd tell them a joke. They would capture their reaction on film, and then they would put it I on. love that one. There's some good jokes there. Not all of them. Some of those are still up there. Yeah. Some of them are a little corny. But it was just, it was just nice to, to just interact with people, and I think people were very appreciative of the fact that, you know, they were included in this project. So to be, to be totally transparent, some of them have been, you know, destroyed Um but I think it's more of not in terms of vandalism, but in terms of the paper that was used. Mm. Um, it was like a, a wheat grass or some type of paper that I don't mm. think is long term durable. However, just the fact that those. How were they destroyed? Is this the elements? Or I people? think it's just the elements. Um, okay. Just the fact that the, the cement clay green bollards on Whaley Avenue were painted different colors. That alone, you know, dressed up the avenue. And then to have the faces on there, I think helped a lot, too. It would get people to stop. And they would look and it was and fun. Laugh. You yeah, kind of felt fun. like you were in a place. You yeah, didn't feel funny. like you were some generic wasteland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So That's kind of cool. So that well, was a start. So hopefully we're going to build on that for next year. What, All right. If uh, if you were to participate, what joke would you want on there? <laughs> <laughs> if you have a joke readily available. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I don't know. It was just nice just to see smiling faces and, you know, people that look like the neighborhood. Mm-hmm on the neighborhood so it was just nice to really get them involved i really we really like that what else we got this at what, in ann arbor sure we have sidewalk red bump markings worn away and this was reported on the 22nd by reporter edward bilametti uh 860 civic points uh description includes there are red bumpy ada warning strips at the crosswalk where liberty street crosses the ann arbor railroad the warning strips are largely worn away, though there are little remnants of them. I don't know if this is the city's responsibility or if it's the railroad's responsibility. Dave, is that the city's responsibility or the railroad's responsibility? I believe that is our responsibility. However, our folks have not had a chance to get out and um, investigate that yet. They're currently in the midst of a what is projected to be a 10-inch snowstorm, so we're... Uh, we're kind Yikes. of tackling other other issues <laughs> right at the moment that one's not quite as high a priority at the moment, but uh, um, that uh, we we will definitely get out and take a look at that. Uh, we are very cognizant of those ADA mm. um, uh, strips that uh, it's a it's a big deal here in Ann Arbor, and um, we uh, we've had some issues with them over uh, in the past and. Um, we like to make sure that those things are are correct and in place and um, you know taken care of because you know frankly it's a safety issue and um, we don't want anybody getting hurt. Mm. I remember uh, when they first started installing those in the days of my life when I was not at C Click Fix. I was a construction manager with my dad's construction company and. I was on a job site when we got to install those for the first time and the commentary on the initial ones uh, from people who were installing them was that they were actually slippery and might cause some kind of dangerous oh, situation. Yeah. But, you seen that uh, in Whaley, Nadine? Yes. We didn't know what the heck they were at first. I didn't know what they were. I know, I do remember though, walking across one and being like, whoa, I gotta walk a little more careful across mm -hmm. these things because they are slippery. It seems like there needs to be some iteration on these things, but but it is, a, as, as Dave's pointing out, they're super valuable to those that uh, need 
some kind of notice that they're about to walk into an intersection because it's effectively braille for your feet. Uh, one quick note on, on Ed, who's the reporter. He's also the organizer of the Ann Arbor Civic Technology Meetup, A2 Civic Tech. Uh, there are a number of these kinds of meetups um, in, in various cities, and it seems like the Ann Arbor one is incredibly active. In fact, I think just just last what, what week... What is that? What is a civic technology yeah, meetup? So according to their description... Uh, meet up just once a month uh, to engage in civic activities. And I think that sort of involves a range of things, but in particular, they hope to include topics like the use of technology to mobilize for local political action, the use of open data to build civic applications, and other subjects where technology meets the city. And so I think just either this week or last week, uh, they invited the city to talk about C-Click Fix in particular, and Dave can probably talk more about this than I can, to uh, to capitalize and utilize the C-Click Fix data um, for various other projects. That Tell us about that, Dave. How's that going? Um, it went well. So I actually was not in attendance at that meeting, but um, the it, from my understanding, it was a very positive meeting between the, the city and uh, the community. Um, the Ed and and that group were were interested in you know how we were using CCLIPX and how it came to be you know uh, you know an important tool in in the city. And you know a variety of things like that, and we you know, we sat down with them for you know it was a good ninety minutes worth of discussion, and um, they were uh, very very supportive of the of the, the program and wanting to know how they could better you know um, promote it for us and you know help to you know bring this tool to even better. Um, you know, success. Mm. So, we got well, we got one know. more story coming out in Ann Arbor, Ben. You, there's another news story coming out in Ann Arbor. See yeah, clicks, absolutely. Clicks. What do we got? Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about potholes in just a second. Before I jump there, I was hoping I could I could ask Dave a little bit about attendance. Um, how, how many folks typically attend these meetups, Dave? Um, there was probably you know 15 folks, something like awesome. that. Um, not a ton, but okay. uh, you know enough. Yeah, I mean, I you know we had one of these meetups. When first when we first started the site and it was about four people that would meet up regularly, uh, then it became nascent, um, and then or it became it it uh, became deprecated and then it sprung back to life later on. Um, most recently, it's kind of uh, taken the form of things like Make Haven um, in New Haven, which is a, a local makerspace, and. Uh, uh, just recently, there's an engineer, software engineer at Makehaven, who has taken the data set um, from New Haven and aggregated the cl- the clusters of similar issues um, uh, to f- help the city find uh, strate- strategically target areas that are um, most likely to be prone to say potholes or or streetlights that are out. Uh, All right, we got it. We got to run it about three. Why don't we yeah. get one more Ann Arbor story and do one more New Haven story? All right, excellent. You're, you're cueing the uh, cueing the music on me, huh, Paul? Um, <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Evaluate future pothole repair. Uh, it has been viewed nine times. It is reported at South Boulevard side of Skydale Drive, just west of Pontiac in Ann Arbor. And the reporter is KJM Clark with 2,195 civic points. And the description is, most of the roads in our neighborhood will last for a few more years, but this particular spot is about to fail. In the thaw of the past few days, there was a lot of water coming out of the cracks in the road in this location. Not surprisingly, the cracks have doubled and the roadway has sunk a bit. This is just west of Pontiac Trail, which is due to be rebuilt this summer. Someone should come out and look at this. 
area to decide if you might want to extend the reconstruction a few feet to deal with this problem now. Instead of having an expensive extra project a few years from now, it may not warrant it, but someone should check it. So, Dave, uh, potholes in Michigan, is that... Uh, is that the biggest, is it, um, is this one of the bigger issues you all have in Ann Arbor? It is absolutely one of the biggest issues we have in Ann Arbor, um, and surrounding communities and, you know, state it's, uh, the state is, you know, is woefully underfunded when it comes to roads and, um, the, the, the climate has, uh, um, re- really wreaks havoc on the roads. And potholes are, you know, as uh, you know, it's what we see every spring. Um, you know, during the spring season, we'll have you know hundreds and hundreds of phone calls uh, um, for potholes. And if you look at our C-Click Fix, you'll see, you know, potholes are are the biggest um, issues that that we see. Well, good luck with those potholes, especially with the new storm coming. Before we go out. Uh, um, Nadine, what what else you've been reporting on Seacliff Fix back here in New Haven? So the other issue I reported, this was back in December of last year, and before I reported it, it, it had been several months since this happened, but just one day I decided to actually stop and take a picture. And I think this speaks to a broader issue where sometimes you get so used to seeing something in a rundown condition that it, it mm. doesn't even register with you anymore. So there's one day I decided to just stop and take a picture, and this was um, a property at the end of my street. So the property experienced a fire several months before I reported it, and it was still sitting with fire damage. The windows and door opening has been boarded up, but the outside looks terrible, and there's overgrown grass in front of the house. Since this house sits in a prominent location on the corner of Winthrop and Golf Terrace, it would be helpful if something could be done to at least make the outside of the house look better because it looks terrible now. So that had sat that way for since December. And just recently, I would say about a month, or so ago they started actually working on the house so they're re redoing the house they're renovating the house and it's going to be really nice when it's done because they're doing a great job with it now but it's just um a symptom of sometimes in certain neighborhoods you get so used to things being run down that you don't see it anymore and hopefully with something like c-click fix you can see these things take a picture of it put it up and hopefully something will be done and neighbors like nadine herring c-click fix Government do not work unless the people power make it work, right? Absolutely. Nadine Herring, thank you for coming on C-Click Fix Radio today. Thank you. And thank you for all the activism you do on the bicycles, on neighborhood (laughs) improvement. Thanks to Ben Berkowitz and Caroline Smith, our regular co-hosts of C-Click Fix Radio. And Dave Wilburn of Ann Arbor, Michigan, thank you for coming on. Good luck with that snowstorm. I just will mention that we're we're in the 40s today, Dave, so we're raining, but we're not sweating. (laughs) Thank you to Lucy Gelman for producing today's show. Thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing financial support today's program. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing Eliyahu Hanavi from the group's 2002 CD. This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. Until tomorrow, this is Paul Bass wishing you clear light lines, unimpeded clicks, and downtime for the soul. Chill and soar with us all day and night here at WNHH LP, New Haven's home for community radio. <laughs>